Today's gospel reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. For those of you who can, please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Transfiguration. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You do know that when you enter into the presence of the Almighty God and when you worship God, God is present. And that's why whenever we take the time to praise God, it's amazing how things just shift within us internally as well as externally. Have you discovered that? Have you discovered that as the uh, gifts of praise were singing, every praise belongs to God, to our God? Did you notice how things just kind of made you feel better on the inside, those words? Did you notice that? Okay. Let me, speak for my, let me speak for myself. I have to worship not only privately, but I must come to worship God publicly. I must worship God in the presence of other believers because what I know is that when we come together to worship God, God will make God's presence known to us in a unique way. As I've said before, I can worship God in a boat while fishing, I can worship God as I walk through the beautiful woods. I can worship God as I look up into the dark sky and see the stars. But no private worship will ever be able to duplicate the experience that I have with God as I worship the awesome living God within the community of believers. I want to thank you, uh, Katie our musician. 
for the ways in which you bless us through the music of ministry and to the gifts of praise. Thank you so very much for your participation. So for a few minutes on today, I want to preach from the topic, glory. Glory. Repeat that after me. Glory. So when you hear that word, what comes to your mind? If I had a mic, and I do, if I had time, I don't, I would walk up and down the aisle and just ask you to share with me what word that comes to your mind. But since I don't have the time to do that, I'm just going to ask you to, to speak the word that comes to your mind when you hear the word glory. Let me hear it. Thank you. I asked one of our members uh, what they thought of or what came to their mind when they heard the word glory. And with eyes shining and a beautiful smile, the person said, beauty and light. One commentator stated that glory language in the Bible is both subjective as well as objective. Let me explain. From a subjective perspective, glory refers to the act of worship, give glory to God, worship God. From an objective perspective, glory denotes the object of our worship, who is God. The concept of glorifying God is that of honoring God with one's life. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 sheds light on this, for it says, believers are to honor the Lord in all they do. Listen to the verse. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all, do it all for the glory of God. Glorifying God in everything means we honor God in our thoughts and our actions. Glorifying God. Early Christianity used glory to describe God's revealed presence. That is why if you uh, find yourself on a, Sunday, on a Tuesday morning during the time that the staff and worship design team meet, one of the first questions we will ask during our time together is, what glory sightings have you seen? Where have you seen God? And persons will take the time to share where they have experienced God's revealed presence. Glorifying God in all that we say and all that we do. Glorifying God means to acknowledge his greatness and give him honor by praising and worshiping him because primarily for who he is and who he is alone. It is not about our praising God and worshiping God because of what God, God will do for us. No, we praise God, we worship God because of who God is and who God is alone. Glorifying God begins with agreeing with everything God says, especially about God's self. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse five, God declares, I am the Lord God, I created the heavens like an open tent above. I made the earth and everything that grows on it. I am the source of life for all who live on this earth. 
glorifying God means to listen to and agree with him. And yet, again, it does not stop there. To glorify God means to submit to him and to obey his commands contained in his word. In the gospel lesson today, we see the glory of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Did you notice as you looked at this text that Jesus Christ and his disciples have been praying? That's why they gathered on the mountaintop. Verse 28, they've gathered to pray. And while praying, Jesus' appearance changes. His face changes. His clothes change. And while on the mountain top, Moses and Elijah appear. I don't know about you, but did you ask that question? How did they know that was Moses and Elijah? There was a sign. (laughs) I don't know, but they knew. They knew. And Moses and Elijah, who had demonstrated power over the sea and fed the multitude in the wilderness, Moses and Elijah, who were responsible, let me, let me just separate that, Moses, who demonstrated the mastery over the sea and fed the thousands, and Elijah, who had cleansed the lepers and raised the dead, what we saw in those two was that Jesus had fulfilled all that they had done. I know that usually when we look at this text, we will say Moses represented the law and Elijah represented the prophets, yes. But Moses also was the one who fed the thousands and who led them over the seas through the exodus. And it was Elijah who raised the dead. Jesus, Jesus fulfills the prophetic work of Moses and Elijah. And, and yes, they, they, they appear in glory as well, but, but after they discuss Jesus' departure, meaning his death on the cross, and we know from his death came his resurrection, they leave. And a cloud appears. And for biblical students, we, we know that That cloud represents the presence of God as in Exodus chapter 16, verse 10, and Exodus 19, verse 9. The cloud appears, and there is a voice, a divine voice, that answers the question that Jesus had raised earlier with his disciples. Do you remember When Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they gave different answers. Some say you're Elijah. And then Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? On this mountaintop experience, the divine voice of God answers this question, the question of Jesus' identity, Jesus. Here's the answer. This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. I want to ask you this question on this morning, February 27, 2022. Which voices 
do you need to stop listening to so that you can hear the voice of Jesus Christ? Which voices do you need to stop listening to so that you can hear the voice of Jesus Christ? Which voices do you and I collectively as the body of Jesus Christ need to start listening to so that we can hear the voice of Jesus Christ? Which voices is Jesus speaking through in 2022? When we look at this pericope, this scripture lesson on today, we see that one, Jesus' identity is clarified, his divine sonship, the glory of Yahweh of God. Secondly, we see that this experience on this mountain foreshadows Jesus being elevated and thirdly, we see on this mountain the continuous training of Jesus' disciples. You know, Peter did not know what to say. We, we, we chuckle when we read that. And yet, there are many times that we say the wrong thing as well, especially when we say we're talking on behalf of Jesus. This transfiguration reminds us that we are to continue to be trained. We, we will not arrive when it comes to discipleship. <laughs> There's no graduation. <laughs> we will continue to learn and to grow what it means to be the disciple of Jesus Christ. So if you were to ask me this morning, okay, pastor, so we've talked about the glory of God. We've talked about that glory being seen in Jesus Christ. So what do you want us to remember from this text today, I'm so glad you asked. This is my son, the chosen one, hear him. I want you to be open to how Jesus' voice will be heard through unlikely sources. I want you to pay attention to the voices that Jesus Christ is calling you and me to stop listening to, I want you to pay attention. Let us pray. Loving and gracious Lord our God, we come to you on this day just giving you thanks for being God all by yourself, and we thank you, loving Lord Jesus, our God, for being King of kings, for having all power, and for leading your church into the world that you love to speak your word. So help us, Jesus, to pay attention to you. And we give you thanks. Help us not only to pay attention to you, but then to be obedient to you 
as a community of faith known as Evangel Heights United Methodist Church and as individuals known as disciples of Jesus Christ. Your disciples. Amen.